Welcome to this interview with local legend and triathlon coach Rick Hellard. Now, this interview is pretty cool. It was taken on site in Rick's house, so I highly recommend that you go over to the YouTube channel to catch this one live because we, at the end, we dive right into his box of trophies and so you can see a lot of stuff and uh it's pretty dang cool so make sure you watch it on youtube welcome to secrets from the saddle podcast i'm sylvie Dao, your host fellow cyclist bike club founder cycling coach bike race junkie just truly super passionate about cycling my journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey, James. Doe here from Doe Training Systems and the interview cycling series, Secrets from the Saddle. And I'm super excited to be talking to fellow coach and friend Rick Hellard here in Ottawa. And uh, so a little bit about Rick's background, and I've just got it here. So you can find him at zone3sports.com. That's his website. And uh, he's been into multi-sports um, for about 30 years. So I guess before 2000 was well, before long before 2000. That's when... 1984. 1984. Well, I was in high school back in 84. It was before high school for me. Really? Yeah, I was 14. Wow, okay, well, let's just finish the intro. <laughs> That's cool, because, okay, well then maybe we're the same age. Possibly. Well, Are we going to say that out loud? Later. Yeah. I don't know how old I am. I'm almost 50. I'm well over that. So you're 14, so 84. Well, okay, what, 54? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, not too bad. Still close, still close. Um, so... We met, uh, I actually took his swimming course back when it was in Saint Laurent Complex when he was working with Ian Fraser. And uh, that's also the time when I decided that triathlons weren't for me. But he has a thriving coaching program that's been going on for decades, as I mentioned. His mantra is, keep it simple, healthy, make it. Uh, you know, sport as part of your life um, and get to the start and make sure all his clients get to the start line healthy, rested, and ready to go. Plus, making sure they finish as fast as possible, which I can't, it's pretty good. <laughs> he is also, if you're local to here, you probably heard of his hammer time on Tuesdays, which I just found out it's now Wednesdays. So, if you go onto the website, he's going to have to make a change today. I'll fix that. <laughs> so I'm also a website designer. I know. Well, okay, maybe you can help me with that. You have to be, like, into everything when you're a coach, right? Yeah. You have to put the programs together, make sure your website's all up to date and stuff like that. So, yeah. Rick, I'm so excited that we are talking because, for me, with this cycling series or this interview series, I... And so curious and to talk to a lot of um, a lot of the like high level coaches, and we have a real we have a lot of them in the Ottawa area. Yes, we do. Yeah. And uh, I'm super excited to be talking to Rick. And as you can see, we're in like his basement. This is where he works, and you have to see the size of the TV behind my phone. And I was I was asking him before here to, if he had like a room full of trophies. And he said, no. No. They're all in a box. Yeah. <laughs> we have a milk crate with uh, the last couple of years' worth. And the rest of it we gave away to a charity. Yeah. And this is, I found interesting because I didn't know about this charity. So just before we get into, like, how we got into coaching, tell us about that charity. Because I think there are a lot of people who could probably help this charity. Yeah. I'm not the most sentimental guy when it comes to uh, trophies and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I kept them for an awful long time in the in the attic. Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, and then found out about a charity called Metals for Metal. We'll and, put the link in the comments below. Yeah, and so what they do is they take old metals or metals that people don't necessarily want anymore and they recycle them and give them to kids who are participating in sports. And, and rather than buying new metals for them, they get their old, uh, old ones. So I gave away Boston, uh, New York, Hawaii, bunch of overall victory ones as well. So they were they were pretty appreciative. Wow, yeah. I bet. Can you imagine being a high school kid getting like a Kona medal or like an iron like a Hawaii Ironman medal just for participating? But yeah. I I mean these days a lot of the a lot of the races give out medals for all to all participants. And I know a ton of people and uh, who have walls of these participation uh, type medals yes. and um, everybody's it's always one of those um, conversations like what do you do with these well donate them donate them yeah. that's an amazing organization kudos to somebody who thought about that now let's get into what got you into coaching and apparently it stems back to when you're 14 so tell me about that well um, the coaching part is 1998. 98. Um, so after I got back from, I raced on a pro team in Europe for, for three seasons. Um, then I came back and started working at Running Room for okay. a little while. I was the area manager for Ottawa and Halifax. And in it's a not, big area. A big area. The only, <laughs> but there was Ottawa to Halifax. Two stores here and only one in Halifax. Oh, okay. So nothing in, the, <laughs> nothing nothing in, in between. So, <laughs> sounds That big, makes it was, easier. Yeah. We have to go to Montreal, Quebec City, Fredericton. And I had a really good staff person in Halifax. So every time I went, it was more of a, <laughs> a, a nice, relaxed weekend more than it was yeah. a working uh, trip. Um, but in 98 or 97, I guess they announced. Uh, the Lake Placid Ironman, and I had uh, several people asking me for input. Um, Is that when it started? Yeah, 98. Really? was the first year, 98 or 99. Wow. Um, and so I started helping people, they were asking uh, ideas, and uh, we had some pretty good success leading up to that, and, and then at one point, while I was at Running Room, I realized that there was not a lot of upward mobility available, um, but I saw a, an opening in the triathlon coaching market, especially with Lake Placid being so close, mm -hmm. um, that I was, uh, I'm not sure if smart enough or daring enough to take the jump and <laughs> quit running room and I started in Zone 3 Sports. Wow, so okay, so before you got into running room, what was your sport? Was it just running? No, I was, was a, it, I was a triathlete. Was a triathlete. Yeah. Okay. I, started, so. I started in junior high school as a runner okay. for about six months. Um, realized that my legs were a lot better than my lungs, so I took up swimming. Or I swam a lot harder, um, mm. and then my lungs improved to the point where my legs couldn't keep up, so I took up cycling. And then Julie Moss crawled across the finish line in, in, in Hawaii, and everybody saw that, including my aunt who lives in Smith Falls. And Smith Falls was just about to start their uh, start their triathlon. And so that's I the second one I did. What was it in that murky water? Yeah, and the weeds. And the weeds <laughs> and the, weeds well, and, the and the foam. Yeah, you know, I had to swim across <laughs> across God. the canal, and and halfway through was uh, weeds that were on the surface level. Oh, I just remember the foam. Yeah, it was quite a shock. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, we had to go into that. <laughs> My first one was Brockville. Okay, yeah, well, cold, they, cold, they, cold water. They, I don't know, remember the cold water, but they took you out in a boat, and then they dropped you in the middle of St. Lawrence. It was only 750 meters, but they dropped you in where the current was so strong, it was like going in the opposite direction of the, the start line. So you get in the water, and like you're drifting away, and you have to like swim back until it starts. Do you ever do that? I did, must but, have did but that. It, um, that's much later than the one that I had done. Uh, so the, the first couple of years of Brockville, you swam in the marina, and they kept you in the marina because the water and it was in. Early, well, no, that it must it have been the marina. June. It was they early June. Boated you out and you dropped you there. Yeah, we didn't. And then you had to swim, that. but it was still. We didn't do that then. 
Um, but the, the water was so cold, it was in the low 50s. Mm. And so the swim was supposed to be 500 or 750, and it never was because it mm. was too cold. So they just kept shortening it every year. Oh, and really? then they pushed it back a little while uh -huh. so that it was uh, a Warmer. little bit more gentle. And then they did the boat thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, I just yeah. remember that. And I was like, I was one of the last people out, mind you. But I was pretty good on the yeah. bike. Last one in, last one out. Last one in, last one out. <laughs> and I passed a ton of people. That's fun. On the bike ride. And so that's where I just stuck myself. But uh, yeah, so... So you started as a triathlon, then you got into running room, and then you saw the niche growing yeah. in the in, late in, night once in, uh, Lake Placid yeah. started. Yeah, and that was uh, that went really, really, really well for for many years. Yeah, um, and then uh, they, and then Ironman started expanding and expanding. Um, that you know they went out to um, more and more events, and so there became more and more coaches, um, right. which was great. Um, and there, up, at one point there was a critical mass and mm. now there's lots and lots of coaches out there and lots of good input. Um, and, and lots of races. And lots of races to choose from. Wow. Yeah. So many races. And then with the coaching, you start bringing it, because Ironman, tri Ironman training can be pretty boring and solo, lots yeah. of solo stuff. I'm a little bit more on the social side of things. Yeah. Um, and so I started some training groups that were a little mm -hmm. bit more uh, focused, which is where the hammer time on the Tuesdays, mm -hmm. basically a track workout. Yeah. Originally, it started as a trainer, trainer and track. Yeah. So we'd bring our trainers to the track and do a bike oh, run, bike hey, run. That's a, yeah, that's um, pretty smart. It's smart, but really labor intensive. Yeah, from, <laughs> a, from a participant standpoint, you got to lug everything. Uh, yeah, so I know. from a simplicity standpoint, and people started realizing, you know what, I can just do a track workout and that's good. So we started doing just a straight up run workout and I had groups of 45 and 50 people for, for quite a while. Yeah. I like those track workouts. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah. All right. So, so now here's a question. Like you've had lots of athletes, you've had many years. Now, what would you say is your greatest athletic victory? Like for yourself and can you think of one client where it was just like, like the biggest um, success, success for a... yourself? Like, cause I've known Rick, cause I've seen Rick. So when I, and I did one of, and we'll talk about events in a second, but Rick's done a lot of events. He's tried a lot of different sports within like, you know, like the winter lewd and the snowshoeing and all these things. And I love that as a coach, he's gone and done stuff like, yes, stuff like I that. Yes, I think that's a really important aspect to it. And I've always remember thinking, like, what? Like, he's a triathlon coach. What? You know, like, what's going on with <laughs> I'm, a <fitness> lifestyle, <laughs> I'm a fitness lifestyle coach. You have to Yeah, fitness lifestyle. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. So what What would be, like, your, your personal, like, one of your personal victories? Um, I've had a lot of really good... Does one stand out in your mind? Well, there's two that stand out. Okay, one is two. Kingston, we'll take two. Kingston in, in 1988 um, was the first year I won it. Um, so that, it was that a triathlon? It was a triathlon, yeah. Okay. It's kind of a, there's two sides to that. Um, I won in 88. I had a really, really, really amazing day. It's just mm -hmm. one of those, it was effortless and... and yeah, everything your, came your together. Your best days are always your effortless one. Yeah. Um, but I also won it again 16 years later. So that was an awesome, that was a fantastic race. And then I won it again 16 years later and then two years after that and two years after that and two years after that. So I won it four times. And if you put all of those together What distance there, is that? Uh, it's a 2K swim, 56K ride, so it's like and a 15K ride. No, it's between, a, um, it's between Olympic and a half Ironman. Okay. Um, so... It's not too long that you need a lot of uh, store, like a lot of thought process into the, the fueling and nutrition stuff. Right. Um, but it's long enough that if you get it wrong, you <laughs> get it wrong. Yeah. You know, if, if you <laughs> get it wrong, it doesn't end well. In a 15K run, if you get it wrong, you probably get to 10 or 12 before you know it. And then it's not that long to go. But if you're 
get it wrong in a half Ironman and you get to 10 or 12, it's still another 40 minutes to go, so it, it, it can be pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. So that would be my one of my best events. Um, the other one would be Montreal Esprit. Uh, oh, okay. Like in the um, in the, oval, the track on the, race, on the race track. Yeah, on the race yeah. track. Um, it is. They don't do it anymore. It was a full iron distance race. So okay. It was Forty-one laps on the bike, um, on perfect pavement. I know lots, you can't get better than stuff like that. And the year that I did it, it was two thousand seven when I was forty. Um, I had. Um, I was in really good shape. Had a great season. And then I had a really bad day at Ironman Canada, and I finished about an hour and a half later than I should have. Whoa, um, so I that's had a, just a, an awful, awful day. That's more than awful. What yes. happened? Um, <laughs> cramps, leg cramps on the and that uh, they just seized up, and but I don't quit very often, so yeah. I don't have too many DNFs. Um, and nor should you. And my and my body just completely shut down, and I just. You Did know, you make it across the finish line? Yeah, I was 10, 10, 15 or something like that. But I should have been. Everybody's like, where yeah. the hell? Yeah, well, is that, my wife was wondering because I had a lot of, I had a fair number of clients pass me on the run. And oh, police are like, he's were, still out there. Yeah, they were reporting him. He's still there. <laughs> he's still coming. He's still coming. <laughs> so was, I was like, I'm just here to support you guys. Yeah, Keep going. Yeah, was, Keep going. You can totally just, switch it up. Just giving, you the, just giving you a target to come and chase. That's so, right. I'm here, um, keep going. And then, so I figured, okay, that's it. I'm done with Iron Man. Oh, and, really? Yeah. It was, I was in such good shape and I had such a bad day. I just said, <laughs> so that's what, it. I'm done. So when you say a bad day, and this is like, I always talk about coaching, like it's not the day, it's like the whole week that led up to the day. Mm -hmm. What would you say in that instance that led, caused, caused that to happen um, like that week what did that week look like I haven't figured out Penticton yet um, I've done it three times and I is had, that the race that, yeah, that it, it happened it okay Penticton Penticton Ironman I did it three times and I had bad days all three times really um, I think you just little, stopped never go back to well that that's event. what I'm doing with Hawaii I'm not going back <laughs> I had three bad days that's it that's it three strikes and I'm out um, well maybe it's the travel um, no it's the with, it's the weather. With Hawaii, there was something else on the last day, uh, on the last time I went around. But Penticton, maybe it's extra dry, and I'm not great at hydration. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably what got me like a week's worth of progressively dehydrating. Oh, um, yeah. I'm really good at telling people what to do, but not necessarily listening. Oh, to the coachman. Um, <laughs> so after that really bad day, um, I took two weeks of almost nothing. Did it take you that long to get to get your body back? Because sometimes um, when you hit a wall like that, it takes I, a while. The, to... the body wasn't too bad because I couldn't run. Therefore, you recover pretty quick. Um, oh. If I had been able to run maybe halfway and then fall apart, it might have taken a little bit longer. But I I fell apart like before I, on, you know, the bike? on the on the, slightly on the bike. Oh so there was wow! No, there was no real run there. Um, that's a uh, so you, um, you bounce back. That's a marathon. Faster. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, so mm. I took two weeks of of uh, licking my wounds, and then my wife said, "You got to get you yeah, the go ego." You mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ego and just like what went wrong. I was yeah. in such good shape. Um, and then I so I entered Montreal. It was only two weeks later. Okay. Um, so two Ironman in, in two weeks or in three weeks. Um, and I had the race of my life. Um, I had fastest swim, fastest bike, fastest run, and it was effortless. Totally rested. Um, I went That's... 8.41, which at the time was probably top three in the world for a 40-year-old for iron distance race. Wow. It's an easy course, very super mm -hmm. fast, but it's still, it's there. Oh, you still have to do it. You still have to do it. It's just as yeah. far as all the other yeah. ones. So. Yeah. Um, that so that would be my other ultimate race. That's a long answer to. Cool. Yeah. Now, can you think of one client where they just had like the best success? Um, you know, beyond their like probably their um, expectations. Can you think of one client that you worked with a lot, and then they went out and they just exceeded their own, or like a success story or. It's a tough, that's a tough one because 
they don't ex they've rarely exceeded what I expected they achieved what I expected oh yeah um, when I when I assess somebody I have a pretty good idea what they're capable what they're of gonna, they're so, end up doing um, but my the best performances by by clients I've had so many um, but Len Ireland would be the biggest one. Okay, what did you um, do? He's been on the podium in Kona twice. Wow! Um, and a nice. World, world 70.3 championships as well. Um, for a guy who doesn't like to swim very much, um, he's a <laughs> so monster. So do you, do you, do you give him like the... So, does, so he's a monster bike rider? Mon monster bike and run. Okay, so yeah. does he survive the the the, the, swim. the yeah. swim and then he just kills it yeah. on? There's he's <laughs> he's sixty five and he yeah. and he has won. Is it? Um, did he win in his age category? He did not win Kona this year. He didn't go the, this year, but he's been he's been on the podium uh, twice there, and no right. other no one from Ottawa has been on the podium twice before. Wow! Uh, there's only a few people that have actually been on the podium. Leslie Sanderson. And I helped get her there for that, and then Len, oh Leslie, I know her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leslie and Len uh, are pretty much the only people who've made the podium. Oh wow! There, so. um, but I did have one year, which I would say you know you said one client, but there was mm -hmm. a year where I had twelve clients go to Kona, um, and that was in two thousand seven. Did so you go with them? I did. You did. I did. It was pretty. Were you the epic. Sherpa? I was the Sherpa. We had, <laughs> Ottawa actually had the highest number of of qualifiers for Hawaii of any city. Okay, so where do they go to qualify? All over. Um, so Penticton, right. uh, Lake Placid, New York, um, and uh, Maryland, I guess, that did went there. Okay. So they, they were kind of all over the place, but uh, Ottawa had the highest number of any city in the world. That's pretty, uh, how do you feel about that? Oh, like, pretty, as a coach, you're epic. like, yeah. these are my clients, what can I do for you? Can <laughs> yeah. I get you anything? Because, yeah. you know, like, I had you a know, It's more you're here because of me, so you, you, you owe me another beer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was after. Yeah. I was like, let's go drinking Friday night before yeah. the race. Yeah, yeah, so that was, a, that was a pretty amazing year. Yeah, I bet. Um, but if I had to pick a, a, a one client in particular, it'd be Len. Len, cool. Yeah. He won, he's won his age group at Penticton when it was the Iron, Ironman Penticton uh, two or three times. He won all five of his age groups in wow. Whistler, and now they've moved it back to Ironman, uh, back to Penticton. Oh. So he's got seven. I heard that's a course. That's a tough course. Penticton? Yeah. Well, it's the one that keeps killing me, so... <laughs> so yes, I would definitely say it's the hardest course in the world. It's hilly. The world. Actually, yeah. um, I trained. It's not uh, as hilly as Whistler. Whistler's tougher. Yeah, yeah. I did train a client to go to Penticton, and uh, he didn't finish the bike, or he had a tough time because of the. It was the climate change on one of the the hill climbs. Okay. Yeah. He got like he Hot basically froze to death mm -hmm. at the top. I was like, I don't know how you prepare your client for that. Besides, they should know what to, they're dealing Take with. No excuses. Get your ass out there. That's right. As, I was just like, because I'm like, hey, how did it go? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh. So yeah. Anyways, but you gotta uh, train, you got to train and everything. You have to research yeah. your races too. Yeah. You have to research. You have to know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the training for your races. Yep. I'll say. So you Absolutely. have to know if you can figure out see the course ahead of time, which is usually on the. It's easy day, now. And you train for that. Yeah. You know, lots of hills. We train lots of hills, and and stuff like that, but. All right, so moving along, so Rick has been um, one of the integral, I guess, event coordinators in this area too, because did you start Winterloo Triathlon? No, no. Okay. Uh, it's 37 years old this year, and I've been yeah. involved. Yeah, and I've been involved, I've been involved with it for 23 years. Wow. And organizing it for 18 or 19. Okay, um, so that just happened last weekend. I saw all the pictures yeah. and everything. Fun day. So thankfully, I had nice weather. We did, yeah. Because usually, because the Winterloo Triathlon here in Ottawa happens on the Rideau Canal. And I, it, yeah, the Rideau Canal. Mm -hmm. So if it's not frozen, 
no and skateable, it turns to a run. Or a ski and a run. Or, or a ski and a run. We, so um, when I apply to the, the <laughs> coordinators of Winterlude every year, um, I have at least five different options, options that I have to submit, and they've gotten a little bit more litigious in the last little in the mm -hmm. last two years. So I actually have to have all the permits and, and oh, reservations gosh. in place for five different versions of the race. So when do you make the decision of which one you're going with? Like Wednesday? Um, the final decision would be Wednesday, but I can usually get rid of some of the options. And yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. You know, if we have it. snow or the canal's open, uh -huh. then you can get rid of some of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, this time around, uh, we needed two or three new options because I never considered the canal would be partly open. It was either oh you don't get the whole be course or it was not going to be open. Oh. That's those were my initial thoughts. Um, this right. time around, it was like it's partly open. So, so where did you have to exit? Well, we we came up with a a new a new format um, where we actually did loops on uh, on Dow's Lake. So we did a two point five k loop okay. on on Dow's Lake and down to Hartwell Locks and back. Uh, we've never done loops because with two or three hundred people, yeah. uh, that can get pretty messy. But the loop was long enough, and there was two hundred and twenty people in the, in okay. the race. Okay, so spread out um, enough. They were spread out enough, and the people. The 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 amazing thing about this race is in all the versions that we've had, because mm -hmm. in nineteen years there's probably been ten or twelve different versions of it, if not yeah, yeah. more than that. Um, it's the same guys up front. I know who they are. <laughs> And so I like the winter loop triathlon. Yes. So I take them off to the side and I say, I, I explain the Because everybody's going to be following them, yeah. basically. The first guys need to know where to go. Everyone else can yeah, follow yeah, yeah. the first guys. So I, I, I know who they're going to be every year. So I go over <laughs> and I talk to them and say, guys, you got to go around here. This is it, you know. And, and, and so what's. Don't be splitting off. Yeah. So once they know. <laughs> It's all good. And so this time around, it was the same sort of format. And, mm -hmm. you know, the etiquette of passing, lapping people, you can't expect people going half your speed mm -hmm. to, to be looking over their shoulder the whole time on the skate. So, so you trust a lot of people doing their laps. They're not cutting it short. There's only know. three laps. So if they can't, oh, count, okay. they can't count to three, I don't want to. <laughs> That's want to pretty easy. I don't Five would be a yeah. problem. Yeah. Be like, am I at four? Where yeah. am I? I don't want them in my race if they can't count to three. Yeah. <laughs> Prerequisite. Yeah. Um, so you've also done, um, so, so the, one of the first races I came across was when you did that, um, the one in the park at Carmen. The winter adventure race. The winter yeah. adventure race. Yes. Those and that's when, <laughs> that was yeah. a lot of fun. So we, we stayed, there used to be like a youth or a hostel in the Gatineau Park. And it was on Carmen Road and that's where we stayed overnight. We breakfasted. And then we got started the next day, and mm -hmm. I did, I did that one, and uh, it was like snowshoe, ski, snowshoe. Did we have bike in there? I don't think no, we had bike no in bike, there. No. Um, and you had to carry. There was several sections of of each. There were probably two of each, um, and you had to carry all your equipment. So you had to snowshoe That's with right. your skis you and, and ski with your snowshoes and running stuff on yeah. your back. Um, and and you, it out. you didn't get a map, you got the map at the beginning, you got another map halfway. Yeah. So you had to get to, that was our way of checking in on people. And yeah, that was fun. It was a lot fun. of fun. Um, they were a I lot of I don't think it lasted fun. long though. Five years. Did you do five years? Five years. But there was, um, there was always one team. A different <laughs> there's team. Always there's always one team. There's always one team, yeah. One, there, there was a different lost. team every year no. <laughs> that was just so off the... Off the, the the rails that it got very frustrating to, to organize. Yeah. Um, so I we stopped. You're like, it, how do you get lost? Well, it's on trail. It was like they were an hour and a half behind the next, uh, last, you know, yeah, the yeah, second yeah. last team, mm -hmm. and you know the other teams are all in an hour, and then these guys are an hour and a half behind. But it was a different team every year, so I didn't know. I would have told if it was the same people. I would say, <laughs> no, you can't come back. But, but it was a different team every year. You're too slow. Yeah. It was a different team every year. So I was like, oh, gee. I think, you know, it's the team dynamics because because there's four people on a, an adventure race team. Yeah. So you're only traveling as fast as your slowest person. Yeah. And if that person, if you chose wrong, mm, 
Yes. And it's it's or harder in the cold. Or something goes wrong. Or something goes wrong. Yeah. That's another Blister, thing. broken equipment. Yeah. You know, crappy weather, whatever. But uh, I just remember that one was a good one. And because yeah, uh, I used to do a lot of adventure racing. They were a lot of fun to try and find the routes to actually. Oh, yeah. I know Gatineau Park because of that race. Uh huh. And especially the north end. You know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of people don't get up that way. but. Well, that's where know. there's a, the longest, I think, probably the less traveled yeah. routes is down like Wakefield and La, and Masham. Yeah. That area yeah. when you it's go beautiful. into the park it's from there. It's a beautiful there. area. Mm hmm. So, so, yeah, so those are your events. Um, oh, yeah, so we were talking about Hammer Time, which was, is, is Rick's signature event or winter training program mm -hmm. in the area. And so how did that start? Because, like you said, everything's social. And, of course, when we train, we like to bring in the social mm -hmm. because Absolutely. it's so crucial, I find. Yeah. Those long, long Sunday mornings uh, <laughs> alone... Um, are not for everybody yeah but riding in a group or in a uh, or training as a group it makes, it, a makes it a lot a lot easier um, that came into play at hammer time long course is what it was called and so what we would do is um, a long ride and a long run it was progressively mm -hmm. longer ride progressively longer runs um, back to back and and um, I started that with Ian Fraser yeah. a long time ago um, at sportable and full cycle. That's right. And then that's where I started spinning, yeah. like in two ninety nine, two thousand at sportables. Yeah, be around then. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, were, they were the first people to bring indoor spinning, cycling, yeah. spinning and stuff into the yeah. Ottawa area. Um, so Ian and I had had something going um, at two different stores, mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually um, Ian left Zone Three and bought. Psychologic. psychologic. He, yeah. Well, he bought Sportable and it became Psychologic. Oh, no um, way. I didn't realize it and, went that way. And I kept it, uh, I kept the Hammer Time thing going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I only had one group, it was like 25 people in the in, in the bunch. Um, but the demand was greater and greater all the time, mm -hmm. and so it was, which was marvelous. 25 people doing a hard ride and a run together. Yeah. Lots of fun. Um, but the demand was getting bigger and bigger, so what I ended up doing was um, getting another another instructor, and we would do one group rides while the other's running, and then the other's yeah. running while the other group's riding. So you could so double the numbers. Double the numbers. We yeah. had forty five people yeah. in in the bunch, half of them on the bike, and they were so they would do equal time. So if it was a two hour ride, it was a two hour run. Yeah. And then they'd come in and flip. Yeah. Uh, made for some uh, some really epic epic days in the winter time. Yeah. Um, That's really nice because. Um, I have a 16-week road cycling program, and I remember doing something like that. I'm like, let's duplicate what Rick's doing. <laughs> you know, because I was at the time training, well, not me, like I was giving the cycling program for a lot of triathletes, and they, you know, and it was the same deal. You know, on the weekends is your long, slow distance ride or run, and, yeah. you know, how do you get it all in? And um, so... But mine didn't last as long as Rick's. Yeah. My yeah. cycling's still there, but not We got about 20 years out of it. Uh, yeah. 18 to 20 years. Um, in the last three or four years, the numbers started to drop off just as Zwift, started, Zwift came onto Thanks, the scene. Zwift. Yeah. Now I get my Sunday mornings back. Yeah, but that um, was like, ah, now I get to sleep in. Yes. And train at my own pace. You know what? As a coach who's been... who you know, has been training and doing stuff for years, it's so appreciated. You have no idea. You know, you're just the, the athlete coming in, getting your training in, but you don't realize how long that coach has been around mm -hmm. for clients, like, yeah. you know, and then it's like, no, oh, no, it's my time. Sorry. No more program. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm sort of yeah. start winding myself down. Yeah. And do you yeah. find that that's kind of how you, well, in the sorry, how do you feel? In the in the early stages of Hammer Time, actually most of the most of the run stuff, I was still trying to be a competitive athlete, as well. I have a question about that. Keep going. So, um, and I was mm -hmm. fast enough that I could run with anybody or I could ride with yeah. anybody, and that was okay. Um, and I I didn't mind going a little bit 
less quick every mm -hmm. now and then that was fine but I was also um, able to, able to, I had fast enough people that I could go as hard as I wanted and yeah, not, yeah, be, and not your... be too far off the front and get yeah. in a good workout and then I had some uh, some health issues and I got slower and slower and slower and people thought that I was being nicer and nicer and nicer because I was moving back to the group. <laughs> I wasn't running with the front of the bunch, I was running yeah. with the second and then the third and then the fourth and then I was at the back like, and I'm it was just... because I was, un I didn't know it, but I was having some uh, some health issues and they thought I was being nice. It's like, no, if I could be... <laughs> You're like, I, no, I'm, I'm if, like dying right now. <laughs> if I could be up there, I would be. But um, so... And, and that changed my perspective on a lot of it because I was able to run with the back of the bunch and see what's going on back there. There's, it's a real, it's quite it's a different, different world. Eh? It's a different world at the front of the bunch. Everybody knows what they're doing and, they're, and they, they work hard. And then you get to the back or in the middle somewhere and they're a little bit, they have a little bit more fun. They laugh, they giggle, they... They're the ones who are like, they, no, no, yeah, no, Yeah, they no, take no, a bit no, more time no. on the recovery. They're not quite as, 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 as rigid with some stuff. Um, and, and so it's really neat to be back there as well. Yeah. And now that my health issues have resolved themselves, I'm finding did, my way back up. Yeah. Did you find, cause you know, when, when I looked at you and I heard about your, like the health issue that you had, I was like, wow, you know, because we always look at coaches as being the strong, balanced, healthy you know, like, like you said, you're always at the front, you know, like, and you like to be there because you're not, you know, you're, that's where you, I guess when they look at coaches, like, who are still really physically fit, you know, and engaging that you should be at the front and you're like, yeah. well, what's going well, on now that with, with us, I mean, we are, we are coaches who still do and train with our clients, yeah. yourself yeah. included. Yeah. There's a lot of coaches in different sports who don't get it. I mean, swim coaches aren't in the water with the swimmers. Yeah. Football coaches aren't on the field with it. Like, they're not out there. We, mm -hmm. as athletes and, and still as coaches who, who practice what we preach, right. um, adds a lot of credibility, I think. Um, I like to think so because, um, for me, I think it's important to be a good role model for the people that I'm coaching. Mm -hmm. Like... To be healthy, to be fit, to be on my, not standing on the sidelines all the time, um, and uh, and not being part. Do you feel that yeah, way yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, when I was having my health issues, I stood on the side an awful lot, and I <laughs> I felt wrong not being out yeah. in the, not being out in the group. Yeah. Um, we're running around a track, so I would see them, and I sort of passed it off as well. Now I get to watch everybody, but. I get to watch everybody when I'm running too. Yeah. And, and I would have much preferred being up there, um, you know, expecting people to run at when it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. And I'm standing there with a bottle of water in my hand. In your umbrella. <laughs> exactly. Keep going, guys. Yeah. Um, You're looking they, good. They, they get a different sense of motivation when the coach is out there doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you run by people and they're not even breathing hard and they're supposed to be breathing hard. Um, yeah, you're like, I don't they, think you're working hard. Yeah, and then they hear you and they see how hard you're working. Yeah. They try a little bit more. Yeah, but I like what you said when you were forced to be riding or running mid-pack to the back of the pack that you actually saw what was going on. Mm -hmm. It's quite different. It is quite different because for me, like, we have four different um, levels in our cycling group, so beginner, novice, intermediate, advanced, and I'm usually with the advanced people, mm -hmm. you know, because I think they said as coaches, we just want to be up at the front yeah. and see what's going on, make sure everything, but rarely do we go back to the beginners, um, and, and, you know, maybe I'll do that a little bit more this year, yeah. um, because we have to appreciate where we came from. And we were one of those at one point. When you were Sorry. 14, maybe 13? I won my first race, so... <laughs> okay, well, I'll say back when I was 30, yeah. <laughs> when I started cycling, yeah. when I thought that 20 kilometers was super fast. And far. And far. Yeah. No, it was not 20 kilometers, so 20 
RPM, like 20 kilometers an hour. Looks like I was, I was spinning, like riding. Not the distance. I was just going that fast. Huge. That was huge back Especially then. Especially uphill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm super fast. And then I'm like, <laughs> not so fast. It's but anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So we just talked a little bit about your health scare. Mm -hmm. What after that? Like, how did that come? Like, like you said, you noticed things were happening. Like, how did that kind of come along? And when did it hit you? And then what kind of changes did you make? Like, what kind of realization was it like? That must have been hard. Um. Yeah, not, I mean, it's, it's weird because I didn't, I still probably don't realize how dangerous it was. Yeah, um, dangerously close to like. Yeah, like uh, what I have is called an AV block, um, it's a heart block. So the electrical impulse isn't going from the atria to the ventricle. Now does that come um, up, does that happen all of a sudden or is it something you're It's a slow. Born? It's a, it's, slow, a it's a slow process. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's first, second, and third degree, and fourth uh. degree means you're dead. So uh. um, I ended up obviously with, I, had third, I had third, third degree. degree. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I had first degree, uh, and then a, a couple of years later, because I was assessed, and we you're were like, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. We lots of lots of high end athletes have first degree. It's okay. it skips a beat every now and then, but once you get going, it's fine. Oh, okay. Um, it skips half a beat, really, because the atria beats and the ventricle doesn't. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be a one-to-one, -one and it misses every now and then. A lot of high-end athletes have, have that, and you have a very low heart rate, okay. um, or a low heart rate. Oh, you're like, awesome. Um, I can work really hard and still yes. be beating at 90. Yes, exactly. Like, this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, I was, and then I had some problems, and things didn't get any better. And I was assessed again, and then they said it's a second degree now. And <laughs> you're like, Rick, yeah. it's second degree. Yeah. You might want to. Well, one, there's one more degree. <laughs> you might want to start. Yeah. So they uh, they we figured out some workarounds to that as well. Um, <laughs> workarounds. Workarounds. What's warm that up, mean? Warm up a little better. Heart drop. So in the middle of a oh. workout, if uh, I would when have you're problems. Recovering? Yeah. Then my recovery needed to be less of a recovery. Oh, okay. Um, so don't let my heart rate drop down to 60. Um, oh. And during the recovery, I had to keep it in the 90 range. Right. That kind of thing. So I had to keep moving, which is right. fine. Yeah. Um, and then two years later, I had uh, several really, really difficult races on the uh, swim, sw great swim bike. That? that was uh, four years, five years ago. Five years ago. Five years ago. Um, I had really good swim bike, and then the run is the most demanding of the of the of the three sports. That's where it would sort of kick in, and and my heart rate would uh, drop and not be able to go very high. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're trying to race at eighty five percent, and your yeah. heart will only go to sixty five, you need all that. You need the oxygen. You need the blood, yeah. and it's not there. So you just have to sort of suck it up and. You feel and, super and dizzy. You feel dizzy. You feel weak. It's like you're holding your breath uh, Ooh, wow. at the top of some stairs. Yeah. Um, and you just can't do anything. You can't really go. So, um, I had a couple good. I had a couple really good two thirds of a race. Mm -hmm. And I was and <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> that last uh, that last third. Um, so the last forty kilometers. I was still able to qualify for Hawaii. Um, in in one of my worst uh, worst days, um, and so I took Couldn't the spot. Have been so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I worked through it. Yes. Um, Qualified. And then I and then I got to Kona, and I had a stunning swim and bike, and I had absolutely nothing on the run, like absolutely nothing. So it was just another really really bad disappointing day, and and I sort of let that slide. I thought okay. Maybe I blew my load on the on, on the bike, but I didn't think I did, and I yeah, thought yeah. I'd done everything right, and there was just nothing there. My heart was uh, like 75 to 80 for most of the run. And oh, you, wow. And you can't run at that, at that level. Um, I trained I trained over the winter, and my... And my did you go to the medical tent after you finished that race? No, I went home and drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, that'll solve everything. Yes. That was a forget shitty your, race. Yeah, oh my your, god! Yeah. Win or lose, hit the booze. I think is the phrase. Win, right? Oh, I like win or lose, hit the booze. Yeah. Um, is that your so, motto? No, no. That's a, <laughs> like, it's another friend of mine's. Motto. Um, so I survived. I, I and then over the winter training, uh, my power numbers on the bike got worse, and my heart rate got lower, and I couldn't. Really do like, much. Okay, something's really went to on. went to Tucson, Arizona. I trained really well there. You're like, um, it must be the heat. Yeah, I have so to. I have to, to stay move. Now. I have to move yeah. south. Yeah. There's one big reason. And then I did um, the Rockland Clarence Rockland bike yeah, race. Yeah. Actually, sorry, I did a 5K running race on Saturday, and then the Clarence Rockland bike race on oh, Sunday. Oh, kill you anyways. And regardless. the 5K running race, I ran slower than I ever thought I would. So you figured it might be a good idea and to do a bike race the next, the next day. day. I'll try again the next day. Um, <laughs> That's and, not an and easy my heart rate ride either. Go very high. I couldn't get my heart rate up. So. Oh my um, gosh. So that's why I, I figured okay that's wrong. And then the next day at Clarence Rockland, I blew really really badly and my heart rate was 102 I think for the whole whole ride. And then three days later I went into the doctor and that afternoon or the next morning. She says, uh, I just finished a run, getting ready to go for a bike ride. And she said, get yourself to the Heart Institute. And ASAP. ASAP. And I went in and found out that I wasn't leaving for a little while. And they needed How to long did you spend there? I spent 10 days. Wow. Yeah. So my, my AV block turned into third degree. I had graduated to third degree. You graduated. Um, Good for you. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the lady at the lady at the counter. When it's heart problems, they they smooth they they blow you through pretty quick. You know, like through all, yeah, you go through like the line pretty here. fast. Um, and they were expecting me, and she says, "Well, um, most people with what you have don't come in walking. They, they usually come in an ambulance." And I'm like, "Well, here I am." So I was there. That's for, why I'm healthy. And it, I walk in. Yes, um, for better for worse, it was Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. It was a Thursday, actually, um, and they weren't doing any kind of testing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So oh, I spent so you got a, to relax. I spent a couple of days there in intensive in, in ICU for no reason um, because they couldn't do the, they, they weren't doing the tests. Heads. They didn't, um, and and they eventually realized that I was pretty stable. Um, yeah. So they moved me over into the the Heart Institute recovery area or waiting uh, for, to get worked on area. Mm -hmm. And there I was, you know, world-class athlete, and everyone else is 20 or 30 years older than I am, and they've got, zip pounds, uh, they've got zippers down uh, down because oh they've had quadruple bypasses and everything else. So I stood out a little bit. And, yeah. Um, but eventually they were able to get me in and install a pacemaker. So, <gasps> I'm, so I'm battery-powered. And that was... Does that scare you? Not at all. Um, it scared me not having it. Yeah, yeah. You know, with all with all the issues, um, it it's a fix, and I'm probably 90, 95 to ninety eight percent of what I should be. Yeah. Um, so if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. So it's you wouldn't uh, be alive, right? I might not be. Yeah, might not be. I certainly wouldn't be living the lifestyle that I am right now. Yeah. Um, and and so. They gave me back my my lifestyle, and you know, it's it's been awesome. Um, yeah, it's I find it so scary when you hear of top athletes like yourself, and there's been a couple others in the region that have had like really scary health issues. Mm -hmm. When you expect them to be so healthy, you yeah. know, and they're they're usually like leaders, like you know, top yeah. achievers like mine's yourself. Up, mine's on the other end of the spectrum. The other mm -hmm. guy, everyone else that I know, they have uh, AFib, so their heart rate goes through the roof. Oh. Mine, mine was the other way. I so, can't imagine, like, um, I would, being like I was driving gonna... around the city at a heart rate, at a heart rate of 28 to 30. Um, I would ride around Gatineau Park and be at 110 on the, on the, at the top of pinks, or, bla or blacks, rather, and I'd be like... 35 by the time I hit the bottom. What? And then, so the heart rate was dropping a long, long, long way. And they're not very good beat. You didn't think that that beats. was, like, maybe um, unusual? A little, yeah. After a while, you're like, yeah. eh. And then if you're riding with a group of guys that are being aggressive, 
Yeah, it's, it's not like you're going to say, hey, let's stop, because I yeah, think I, need to rest. I might have to, yeah. I need to rest, yeah, so. I don't know, pure pressure gets yeah. gets the best of us. Yeah, and I'm not, you know. <laughs> I'm I, like, eh. <laughs> big, big ego, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. famous last words. I was wrong. I'll yeah. be fine, yeah. I'll be fine. So now I'm good. So now this leads up into the last little bit of our interview with Rick, and um, is the... What's the retirement plan? Because well, as you know, coaches can coach forever. Mm -hmm. But he was telling me he's, he's got something that he's put together. <laughs> and, yes. you know, because we're, we're never going to give up what we love yeah. to do because it's part of our DNA. But how do you change things where you don't have to be working as much? <laughs> or maybe I, I, that's a different went, like yeah, did I you start backwards. working more i went backwards now yeah, working more yeah um, well look he's pretty chilled today because i was like what's your tuesday look like he's like well i got swimming in the morning and then like i'm free all day <laughs> and i think oh no he doesn't have hammer time tonight it's tomorrow night so that's right so then he's really like relaxed maybe yeah, to watch like yeah TV. now it's um do a puzzle. My retirement plan, I'm not too sure. My wife retires in 363 days from now. So, Does um, she have the plan for you guys? She has a plan for her. Oh. Um, <laughs> Does it include you? It, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Us women, eh? Yes. Yeah, so okay, this the, is what I'm doing. If you want to come along. I have to take the garbage out make sure the house is clean. Stop. Um, <laughs> I, I took over a... Uh, Part of my business is a is a swim club. I've had mm -hmm. I've had the swim group that you were in, um, and a couple of years ago I expanded and I, I have a uh, a group in the East End as well. I have Sharon Donnelly. Oh, coaching, she, coaching she sounds formula. familiar. Yeah. yeah, she went to the Olympics in triathlon, and she okay. was one of the best uh, mm -hmm. Commonwealth Games gold medalist, Pan Am Games gold medalist. Wow. In, in triathlon Olympics. So uh, she's your lead coach she's in, my the lead coach in the East End. Um, and where is it out of? It is out of the splash pool. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that place. Yeah, I didn't realize they had swimming there. Yeah. Well, I go there for the hot tub. Early morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the way and the way and the pool. wave pool. And the wave pool. <laughs> for the kids. Um, and then uh, two years ago, because um, I am still training, and and mm -hmm. it's difficult for me to get in the water when I'm the coach. Right. Um, so I joined a swim club called Rock Swimming um, five years ago. Uh, and uh, I heard a rumor that the owners of the club, it's a private swim club, uh, I heard i heard a rumor that they were looking to retire themselves, and in the middle of one of my five-second recoveries <laughs> between hundreds... I'm of, interested! Can uh, we look, talk much, coffee after? Pretty much. <laughs> talk pretty business much, over yeah. coffee? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it was very short five-second conversations for yeah. 10, 10 by 100, and by the end of that conversation, we'd set up a meeting, and I took out, and it worked out. And I took over the swim club, so now I have... Where is that uh, out of? That's out of Carleton University. Oh, okay. So I have two, and I, now I've combined Zone 3 Swim Group and Rock Swimming. Mm -hmm. So there's 270 swimmers. Wow. Uh, 95 adults in that bunch and 165 uh, kids. Um, from, <gasps> that's so awesome. From six years old all the way up to 18. Okay, so those kids, are they part of like a tri-group? No, they're triathlon. They're swimmers. They're just swimmers. It's a swim club. Yeah. So okay. I had to learn two years ago. I had to learn the intricacies different. of the swim world, oh. which is very, very different. Because I was not a swimmer. I was. I knew how to swim. Yeah. A triathlete, but I didn't need flip turns. I didn't need alternate strokes. I didn't. Right, need, right, right. And the swim world has been around for a long time. It's yes. highly regulated. Um, whereas the triathlon world is a lot more free flowing. Yes, of course. Um, you just have to swim. You have to make it from start to finish, and yeah, and so standards are standards and and regulations are really strict. Mm -hmm. So does that go into the coaching part? Mm -hmm. Because you're a coach on deck for that group, right? I am, and I'm not. I'm a, I'm there. Uh, I have merged everything into into all my coaching pro uh, programs into rock swimming. Okay. And zone three just now just does events. Oh, so okay. So, like the Winterlude. Winterlude is, what else is Zone 3. Um, our Ciclo Sportif Perth. Oh, yes, I saw that. Ride in Perth. Um, and I had a few other events that that uh, did not run last year. Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the ones was a, a 5K running race for the, the uh, maybe you government. can Maybe you can help me. Maybe. Because I have a time trial race. I know. I know. <laughs> I know he knows. <laughs> but I'm just, for me, I'm looking at how to get more triathletes to participate. Mm -hmm. That's that's the thing because um, participation in um, an FQSC UC, well sanctioned race is different than a triathlon and your bikes have to be a certain so that's why triathletes stay away from like official road racing tri uh, time trials because of the bike regulations yeah so I was thinking of like doing a different category so maybe no holds barred. No holds barred. Just bring it on, cause it's about it's about getting more participations in you know in events locally. Mm -hmm. As I'm sure, you know, you are you know trying yeah. to get the participation well, rate up every year. Yeah. yeah. Marketing is not my forte by any stretch of the. Oh, I put on really nice, clean, simple events, but marketing is not one of my uh, yeah strong yeah, points. Maybe we can uh, collab on that. Yeah. So. We're almost at the top of the hour. Um, now, I think I've gotten everything out. I just want, I'm going to have to pan. So, we're, so you just have some pictures here. Do you have anything like? No. no. I was like, where's the trophy? <laughs> I, I can get them. There's, there's, Are they right there? A box of, yeah. Are they like really accessible? Reasonably. Okay. Okay, you go get them. I'm going to pan on some of the pictures that Rick has here. Um, and uh, and then we're going to finish up. And, uh, all right. Oh, jeez. So let's just bring this over here. And we're just going to, I'm going to. See if you can pan into some of these pictures while well, Rick gets some trophies, the ones that he decided to keep. And I like this one here. This one's a pretty good one there of Rick. And younger years, no doubt. Him and his wife. And then, hold on. I think we can maybe reach over here. <clears throat> Alright, this is where all the magic happens. Look at look at the bikes. We were just discussing how, you know, Swift is uh, taken over in the house. Oh my gosh, can I come in here? Okay, you guys have to see this. I just saw like a whole stat of like... Okay. Oh, I thought I saw wetsuits and everything. But there's... They're behind the door. They're, oh, they are. Of course they are. Where? Oh, here. Okay, so this is all Rick's web... Uh, you see them? His... Oh, you got quite a few. Mm -hmm. The shorty, the long sleeve. And then, you know, most guys, of course, have a, you know, a closet full of kits. And... Heart rate monitors and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yes, for the ski. I've got to get into this for downhill skiing. Yeah. Yeah. Or, for or sure. Velofix. Or what? Velofix does uh, ski boxing too. Oh, do they? Yeah. Good to know. All right, we've lost a little bit of pictures over here. 2004 Lake Placid. You see that, guys? All right. Let's, oh, geez. Okay. So we got a couple minutes here. Rick pulled out all the stops. These are the faves that he didn't let go of. A lot of events now give, no matter what you do. And some of these are Nancy's as well. Oh, okay. So, She's done the ski marathon. Oh, what's this? Male overall, third place. He's a little dusting. <laughs> Fingerprints Ooh. in the way. Yeah. 
So there's all of these. Wow. Everybody's got, you know, I have a little, so the only ones that I have are like, because I only do road races, so I just have all my podium stuff. <laughs> Not a whole lot of them. Boy, did I work hard for some of them. That's, pretty, that's <laughs> nice. Oh, is it, oh, is this the, oh, to the, is this the. So with all the, uh, I have the four first, but I also have. Five seconds and what? Six, uh, six thirds and a couple other. These are all. That's pretty. Oh, you know what? These are nice. You should put them up on the wall. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that really. So then, how come you hold on to? Well, you can't really give these ones away. Yeah, they're no, they're not really the same to give away, but. <gasps> I have a couple Ray the North ones. Tromblant, 2001. Hey, I didn't race that one, but I was a, I was a support crew That's for this. I got it. So was I. Oh, were you? We didn't actually do the race. Support crew. Oh. Nice. Yeah, that's a nice trophy. Adventure racing, guys. Ooh, that's a pretty one. Hold on, i got to put some of these down. Wow, that must have taken a lot of work. That's all. You know, these ones are nice ones to put up when they're actually, like, finished. Not, like, just a plaque. Even this event, the Raid the North one, that's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Kingston, all of this is all here. It's like, I won it five, ten, ten years in a row. So were these hanging up at some point? No. Oh. Uh, some of them might have. Was that before you, you met Nancy? And it was yeah. just your place, you know, the all over the place. No, never, this is my wall. I have a, um, there's a couple situations in my life that have <laughs> stopped me from being, uh, enthralled with my... With yourself? With myself. You know, a narcissist? Of, Come on. One of, one of my teachers way back in elementary school asked me not to sing the national anthem with everybody else because I was such a bad singer and that's stuck with me forever. What? And, and my family... How can he say that? My family accused me or said that I was... It was that. A, a little full of myself. Well, you know what? When life. you're like out there really kicking ass, I mean like seriously, you do have to... Uh, oh, I like that. That's pretty. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's almost like a bookend, but not... Oh, you could use it. This you could like. That one's Nancy's. Nancy's also very. Very accomplished. Oh, that's nice. Around the bay. Yeah. I'll him out. His partner. Um, what more arms? Oh, let's see. This is. Oh, I gotta put this in a. Course record. Course record. When was this? 2010. Athlete of the Year. Ooh. Jeez, hello. Look at all these accolades, guys. The Rudy Award. Oh, jeez. Okay. If anybody's Netflix. listening to... Oh, look at the dust on it. Oh, <laughs> when did they... <laughs> He's so young looking. Yes, he is. Oh, this is 2001. That's yeah. why. It's like 20 years ago. So the Rudy Award is local. Oh, this is Nancy. Okay, this is both of yours. Um, and what do you have to, you have to do a series of events locally. Oh, here. Okay. So you have to participate and finish in the Winterloo Triathlon. So it's like, it's like, make sure you put that in there. Um, the Cascanada 50, I guess it has to be the 50, the Rideau Lake bike tour. Oh, I could do that. A marathon and a half iron triathlon. No, no sorry, a full iron triathlon. You have to do all of these in one year in order to get this trophy. And um, there's always been like, and he does every fall, like a big Rudy Awards, Rudy Awards plus a silent auction. And he gives out these awards. I don't think they look like this now. Like this is 20 years ago. No, he looks a little older. But he just, does it give a, like a plaque still like this? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so it's quite an accomplishment. People make that their uh, year's goal. I mean, uh, you know, you have to ski. I think that's where I I kind of like some. And swim. And so, well, you know what? I could I could swim as long as I can, you know, kill it on the bike and survive. But anyways, well, back in the back in the day before there were so many Ironman, you had to enter a year ahead of time. Oh yeah. So you had to know you were going after this just just because right. you couldn't enter just any time. So now easier. you're like, it's a little yeah, bit I'll do now, the yeah. one in Ottawa. I'll yeah, do, it's a little maybe bit easier go to Toronto. Bit more time so yeah and all these yeah i think people make blankets out of these or they do something or a pillow you can sew them together but anyways so just want to say thank rick for this has been amazing and i hope you guys uh learned a lot and um it's just absolutely phenomenal for me to bring in athletes like this and um, to interview them and I hope you enjoyed it and please don't forget to share and subscribe um, there's going to be more of these happening on a weekly basis and uh, I don't want you to miss a thing so make sure you put on your notifications because this will be on YouTube after it's live here and I'm hoping it'll go on Spotify as a podcast. So take care guys and uh, have an amazing week. And don't forget to book in your training. If you want to, if you want to compete in a triathlon or an Ironman, look up Rick. His um, information is in the details above. Take care guys. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.